Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sit Down with Simoneal. I am your host, Simoneal Sar. Today's episode is very, very special, and it's very close to my heart. I, long time ago, last year sometime, made a podcast on how the life of a sugar baby and a prostitute and a um, stripper has been so overly glamorized and it is almost like a trend now like oh just join OnlyFans, start selling underwear dirty underwear that's a really big thing if you don't know if you don't have tiktok this probably sounds crazy to you but there's actually thousands and thousands of women that are literally grooming young girls to be part of the sex industry claiming that they get money they get flown out yada 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 right and when i was researching about all of this on tiktok last year i came across a girl Her name was Kimberly and she goes by Apple's Dreams on TikTok and I came across her page and she was basically talking about um, the rules of the club. I think that was the video that popped up and the moment I saw her, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to have her on my show because everything she's talking about is so on point. And then when I started exploring her page even more, I found out that she was actually a victim of sex trafficking from the ages of 19 to 22. And I was mind blown because, wow, here you have a girl who is brave enough to talk about her story and is not part of that life anymore. And I invited her to this podcast episode to talk about her story and you're gonna hear in this podcast we talk about all of those things how she was lured in how the industry impacted her how she lost herself how she regained herself i mean this podcast is so inspirational and this is also for anyone who has been thinking about considering curious even about being a um, sugar baby, being a prostitute, being a stripper. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with being a stripper. I personally love pole dancing. It's beautiful. Um, But it is a lifestyle or it does introduce you to a lifestyle that then leads you to other things. It's like a gateway. It really is. Um, So she talks about all of these things. And um, I just hope that People can really listen to her story and learn from it. And I I mean, it's such an amazing podcast. And I really hope that you learn something from it or you just hear her story. It's so inspirational. And um, well, I, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the sit down with Simoneal. We have a very special guest all the way from Canada. Kimberly, please introduce yourself to us. Firstly, my name is Kimberly Anisette. As you said, I'm 22 years old now. I live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. And I had been on TikTok because I'm an author of a book called Apple's Dreams, which is an autobiography on my experience as a victim of human trafficking. 
Mm-hmm. And my story starts actually in high school. I was in the 12th grade and my f- best friend, beautiful girl, had just broken up with her boyfriend because he had cheated on her at a party. And that is what sparked everything to just go downhill because she went on online to spend time getting over her breakup on a site called Seeking Arrangement. Uh-huh. You go on and you get a sugar daddy. You meet men to have a relationship with. She told me you should go on this site and this guy just took me shopping. We didn't do anything. She didn't mention anything of the sort. She just said she went shopping with someone on a date. She said, this is the website. You should go on it and have a guy take you shopping. I said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Didn't know any better. So I signed up and the very first person that I matched with or that contacted me, I ended up meeting him and he was not who he said he was. He was sending me messages before, sent me a fake picture of like a Blasian man and he was a older black man, heavy built, like it was completely different, but I still trusted him. He coerced me into coming into the car with him and we ended up going to his mansion. He emphasized that it was a $4 million house and he was giving me a lot of life advice. So I thought, oh, I want to soak up this knowledge. And he told me, uh, wherever I work, don't take it seriously and just be there for the experience to one day input into my own life and start my own business. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's an amazing mentality because everyone just thinks of, oh, you go to school, you get a career, and then you work your whole life as Mm -hmm. you retire. He was telling me things such as... For yourself he had a business he had a restaurant where so it was very like wow I want to be in this lifestyle I want to have a four million dollar house myself one day so it was a 30 minute drive in like the backwoods forest and everything so it was like there was no getting out of it and mm-hmm. he was in a small car a small fiat car mm-hmm. so he would try to touch me and all and I would just put his hand away but I thought to myself I'm very clear that I don't want anything sexual and I thought he understood that we Mm -hmm. are at his place it was surrounded by the woods so I thought wow there's literally no getting out of here and we sat down at his pool house and that's when he started talking to me about inappropriate things like he could be my like boyfriend or a suitor and he could get me first he started touching me like he was just like you have hair on your armpits and he was like can I see if you have hair downstairs and he just unzipped my pants and I was just like wow and he was just like it's okay it's okay and unzip my pants and then mind you at this time I was 17 oh my gosh yet 19 years old I was 17 turning 18 holy shoes Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was very young. I did not know what was going on. Like, I truly didn't know what was going on. But he unzipped my pants and, like, peeked through where my pubic hair was. And he was like, see, you have pubic hair. We can go get that lasered off. You'll be smooth as a baby and it'll never grow back again. He was like, I can buy you so much lingerie. He was like, your lingerie is mix-matched. I can buy you so much lingerie, anything you want. But it was very sexual. It wasn't like 
oh, like, help you in a good way with your education or anything like that. It was just very sexual, like, how am I going to be appealing to him? And he told me whenever he's on vacation or a business trip, I can stay in his $4 million house and housekeep for him. Doesn't matter, like, where I am or where he's at. Like, it's no problem. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. But something about him, I was like, this is just not realistic for me. I wasn't attracted to him. And plus, I had someone in high school that I was really attracted to. So Mm -hmm. I was I'm going to try to pursue the high school thing, not really him. So I ended up never really speaking to him again until the next year I went to university and he messaged me out of the blue. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Mm -hmm. You like my trust was gone with you, but like he was still nice and everything. So he was like, I was I was going through a very bad time in my life at this point. So I needed someone to be there for me I needed someone's attention and he was giving me attention so of course I was going to go I was going to accept it so I was 18 years old and in Toronto at York University studying psychology and he messaged me out of the blue and was like do you want to come sleep over and I said oh my gosh definitely because I don't want to stay in my dorm room I don't go out I don't do anything so yeah sure why not and then he came to pick me up. We went to his house again, and he he was very nice. That's the thing. That's the one trait. He was very, very nice. That's how they get you at first. They don't show you their flaws. They don't, they're very protective. They don't show you anything bad about themselves. So then you trust them. You feel like it's a father figure. Um, so he was a father figure to me. It wasn't anything other than that. But to him, he was trying to get closer and closer. So he would massage me and stuff. Like, he'd be like, let me massage you with coconut oil. And it's kind of the things, like, he kept being persistent. So I, you can't even say no, you're in his house. So it's like, whatever. And he says he won't touch you. So it's like, okay, like, inappropriately. So I said, okay. But, of course, he would try to touch me inappropriately. I'd be like, okay, thank you. Like, I'm done now. Then it came to the sleeping part. He had a $4 million house, so you can imagine how many bedrooms are in there. And he would want to come sleep in my room that he that I was sleeping in instead of going in his own room. He would come at night and cuddle into bed with me. All we did is sat on the couch and watch TV and talk. So when it came time to go to sleep, he just automatically was right next to me. And I was just like, um, I didn't know what to say. I was clearly the master bedroom and I'm not going to go through his house and be like, can I get another room? Plus there was like, it was, everything was secured. It wasn't like I could just roam around the house. He was always next to me. So I was like, whatever, it's fine. I just, I, I just kept taking, I just kept taking like everything that he was throwing at me. I thought I was very strong. So I was like, mm-hmm. take it and it's whatever. He's not doing anything crazy. Like when people talk to rape and sexual assault they think it's something that's violent and like you're getting like harassed and hurt so if it's being coerced into something you don't really think it's wrong until someone tells you no that's not okay that's a violation of your dignity right so So how long were you staying with him or was it just like one night that one night he just Mm. crawled into bed with me and then he kept trying to cuddle me and I would I'd wait till he fell asleep to like kind of get 
away from him and like mm-hmm. on my own side of the bed but then nothing happened he just slept with me and he was very nice so I was like wow that trust again because usually when guys would talk to me it would just be about sex so with him just being in the bed with me and not touch me that was very like it stood out to me like actions spoke louder than words I was like wow he respects me he doesn't even touch me he doesn't try like maybe he'll try to but he won't go any farther than that so then that one day and that's it I never saw him again until he was stalking my Instagram and I had met his nephew and his niece in Niagara Falls while I was in high school but I didn't know they were related he had talked to me to my pimp or the guy that would then be my pimp and he was he owed him a favor that's how I got into he had my contact the whole time so past three years he knew he was watching my every move and I didn't even know are you serious? Like every Instagram post, every Facebook post, he was watching me, waiting for me. So he already knew what was up with you. Like he already knew you were going through a rough time when he reached out to you because he was already stalking you this whole time. Exactly. So he knew every opportunity to just come back and to slip into my life and just try to take advantage. But it was just not the right time until he was like, you know what? Let me set her up with someone else because he set me up with my pimp as a favor because he owed him ten thousand dollars that would be generated from me so he thought oh my god are you oh my god that's insane so basically this older guy wanted to use you so that instead of giving him the ten thousand they would he would earn that money from you exactly a pick and choose so he one day he was just going through my instagram was like look at this girl do you think she's cute do you like her is she marketable which was clearly definitely my instagram posts were all about my body and like you know my curves and stuff in my dress and i wasn't afraid to post the bikini picture so i knew what i was posting i was clearly posting things that like a thirst trap right yeah followers so I didn't know anyone can add you on a fake account and you don't know who's watching your every who's commenting on your every post or liking your every post. You don't know. That's the mystery yeah. of media. And that's very true. That's how that's how it started. So then it started as that and then it became it's a family business. So then he contacted someone that he knew was close to me from high school. And then we hung out. He was just like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, yeah, sure. It was close to being my 19th birthday, like five days a week before. Mm-hmm. So um, we were riding around in Niagara Falls, St. Um, my bad, Niagara Falls, Clifton Hill. So it's a very big tourist attraction. And we we're just riding around the falls and talking and stuff. And I was like to him, oh, my gosh, I'm turning 19 years old. I have two jobs, and I don't have a boyfriend. Like, I'm literally so single and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he me. He was like, he just slipped it in. He was like, I can set you up with someone. No problem. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Maybe I was very nice and very, like, optimistic with everyone. I thought everyone had the same heart as me. So I was like, oh, my gosh, you would set me up. Because I used to be a little Cupid in my high school setting my friends up with their boyfriends and stuff mm-hmm. so I was like wow it be my chance to get someone to date me because I wasn't having any luck in that department then the next day the man got my number and everything like all his all my information was passed down to him I didn't get no information no picture no nothing so it was literally just 
a blank mm-hmm. a blank face person he had my number he called me and then he called me a few days later so it ended up being my birthday he didn't even say happy birthday to me he just knew I was of age and he was like let's meet up at the casino mm-hmm. so when they meet up with you they try to keep it discreet but they want to know that you're of age, that you're about it. I've never been at the casino before at this point in my life. So I was like, wow, like, I'm an adult. This is a whole new world, you know, able to do whatever I want. In Canada, you can drink when you're 19. So I was like, I can drink. I can do whatever I want. I just purchased a car. I was like, wow, I'm actually, like, growing up, only to be led into a big trap. So he promised me love. So I definitely fell in love with him over time. At first, I didn't think he was attractive, mm-hmm. but he was wearing, like, he was fly. He was fresh. He had nice shoes, nice pants, nice shirt. Everything was just perfect, crisp, because that's what he Okay, so I, I remember you mentioned one thing earlier. You said that this was a family business. So... Yes. The people that you were friends with, like, they were also involved in this thing? Yes. That you went to high school with? Are you serious? This is like a whole mission. Yes, it's a, it's it's an organized crime. Everything is organized. It was the uncle who was the first person, and then the friend, and then the nephew. So the uncle was the fisherman. The My pimp was the line and hook, and the bait was the nephew so he's the one that actually physically came next to me and was like let me set this all up because other than that the uncle would have had to reached out to me again and it just wouldn't have, it would have never happened that way mm-hmm. I would have been too smart it, it had to come to me blindsided I had to if I knew that the uncle was involved before I would have been like oh no I understand who you are now I don't want any parts of it but he told me the nephew was like my uncle's been watching you for a very long time but I just didn't understand it didn't it just went in one ear out the other it was was looking back um, hindsight 2020 I was like oh my gosh the uncle because he had told me at the when everything was just ended like when I had the choice to stay or leave and I was like I'm leaving and he told me, he was like, my nephew is going to run. Mm-hmm. He's going to take my place when he's older. And I was like, your nephew, your nephew. I was thinking about it so much because I went to a depression. So, yeah, it's a family. It's multiple people that mm-hmm. I went to high school with. Their families are either product, like they're a product of it. Like their mom was a dancer and their dad was a pimp. And then they fell in love and had kids. But they just went back to jail and like, their families are just all over the place like from the borders all over Ontario and all over New York just pimping girls so they know about it they do the same thing too wow it's a lot of people here it's a lot of people and their families their families either are all about it or they don't want nothing to do with it but most likely the sons of like whoever's a part of that family they'll be 100% in it because that's money they get a cut so with the nephew talking to me he got a cut wow okay so the last thing we talked about was um that the guy that they were going to set you up with to go on a date that he was super fresh and fly he looked good he smelled good I'm assuming you know that's good 
Mm-hmm. Everything was perfect. So then what happened? So then he took me, he showed me his car. That's another thing. They just, they flash you with expensive materials. So he took me to his car. It was a Benz, a brand new Benz. I had my own car, but I had my friend drive it to a secret location for me to go pick it up because I didn't want him to know where I lived. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he took me, he took me to get some pizza because all he did was buy me alcohol and I didn't drink. So I was like really like I was getting drunk. So I was like, I need to eat something. Mm-hmm. He didn't pay for my pizza. He was flashing all this money at me, but didn't pay for my little $20 pizza. And went, I went home, got my car and drove off. And he was like, you need to pack your bags and you're going to stay the weekend with me. He basically just talked to me like, this is how it's going to go. What I say is what you do. So, he's, But it was just in a low-key manner of twisting his words to not really... You can't know what the truth is, but you'll just have to find out. Mm. So I ended up going to Toronto. He came to pick me up. And he took my car to go to Toronto with me. And then that's where he, I went to his, um, he had another girl. They have multiple girls. He had another girl, but he told me that he was leaving her. So I was, and he just had his stuff at the condo still. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Until she just came back from work. She was studying to become a nurse and she had her nursing exams coming soon. And she was the one who literally, she was the one who could have been my saving grace. As someone who would have been a nurse or who is a nurse, she would have been my saving grace. How are you studying to be in a healthcare profession and on the side, your side hustle is trafficking girls for your boyfriend? Wow. So she knew, was she also a... Um, she was a dancer. She was a dancer. She was a dancer and a nursing student on the side, which totally goes against nursing nursing ethics, if you think right. about it. Absolutely, absolutely. My goodness, I'm so mind blown. Yeah. So she's a so I know there's like different terminologies because I did watch uh watch your videos on TikTok. Bottom bitch. Is that what yeah. she was? Yeah, she was the bottom bitch. So she was the one that's been there for years. I don't even know why they broke up. I think it's because, like, she was 27 years old. Like, she was a grown adult taking a 19-year-old in to go find out, like, to teach her how to make money in the strip club and, like, taking my money and stuff. Like, she was grown at any time. She could have been like, no, this is not right. This is what you're getting involved in and get out don't even come to my house or my condo whatever but the whole time she just chose she saw she was getting paid so she's like I'm gonna take my money and if we break up we break up and I have I'm gonna take everything but she couldn't take the car because he had paid for the car and he felt entitled to keeping their bends because that's how he catches his girls with a nice car so if he doesn't have that car anymore how is he gonna he how's he gonna get any other girl to work for him because the fact that you're working for a pimp is because you know they have more money than you, so it doesn't feel like you're working. It just feels like you're in a relationship that you could do what, like get whatever you want, do whatever you want, and you just have to work. That's how they make it seem like you have to work to keep up your end of the bargain. And you're not gonna go work at McDonald's and get no fifty dollar paycheck. You're gonna go make a thousand dollars a night, because he's got a thousand dollar shoes. So what do you think you're gonna do? He's showing you messages that he's on private jets and everything like that. So you're not going to go, you're going to be motivated to go get this money for your man. 
and that's exactly how it was. There's how no old way. was he? He was 26 at the time. And you so were 19. 30. Yeah, he was 26, <gasps> I was 19, and she was 27. Wow. And how long had he been doing this? Oh, my gosh, for years, four years, since he was, like, tw- in his 20s. Who else did he have? I don't know who else. The one that I knew about was the girl that she made me go to jail, but I didn't get charged, but she, like, set me up to go to jail. That's the only one that I came face-to-face with, and he saw how badly that blew up in his face, mm-hmm. and that made me react. So he's like, I'm not bringing this girl next to nobody else. He had see when we had our first kiss he had a girl inside his friend's house I almost got shot inside his friend's house but he I was like can I go in he was supposed to meet me and he didn't meet up with me and I was like why do you look so fresh like how I met you and I was like let me go inside and he was like no you can't go inside like I have someone else in there and I was like um okay didn't ask no questions and then because he kissed me for the first time and I was like oh my gosh like this is a brand new step in our relationship and I've, I've never felt butterflies before when someone kissed me mm. so I shut up and I was just like okay I'm going home bye and then following days I don't know if it was him but he said his brother like came and shot at the door the only reason you're going to shoot at someone's door trying to potentially kill someone is because they owe you money they're not giving you money I wasn't giving him money. In the beginning of the relationship, I was giving him, he was taking my money. Like, I had no choice but to give it to him because he would travel with me. Okay, I'm a little confused. So you said that you were working. You mean you were working as a stripper? Yeah, like, they would drive, him and his cousin would take my car and drive me to different strip clubs in, in like, the area, like, Brampton, Toronto, mostly in Toronto. And they would say, go inside and get a job. Are you serious? Yeah, I had to go inside and get a job. And most of those, most of the clubs, mm-hmm. like high clubs, they only really accept white girls or like one, they'll accept maybe one black girl or like two light skinned mulatto girls, but they really just want white girls. So it's very hard to just be told, go inside. You don't know. Nothing. It's not like you have a resume. You just go in and say, can I work tonight? Wow. They look at you up and down and they say yes or no and most of them said no to me I looked like a I didn't know what I was doing I clearly looked like I didn't know what I was doing so mm-hmm. they're just like no you can't work here so I'd have to go back into the car and tell them no I didn't get the gig and that they drive me to another place until I got the gig there was no oh you can't get it sorry this just isn't working out it was no we're gonna keep trying until you get one because you're gonna get one eventually and then I I eventually got one, and then she the girl would be driving me. His job was over. He made sure that I got it. His job was over. Now it was the the grooming. So she would drive me, and she would groom me into a specific type of dancer. How would she, she groom you? Like, what did she do? So, like, the first night that she came to pick me up, there was a guy outside, a black guy outside, and she was talking to him and, like, spitting game at him, like, with her conversation. And I was like, wow, I was not making any money inside the club because I was shy. I did not know what to do. So she told me how to talk to them, how to let them. She told me, I've never told anybody this, but she told me that you're supposed to ha- let them do whatever they want to you. Like if they want to have oral sex with you, 
they then you just let them do it and you get paid for it. So when I did that, it backfired on me and I told him she told me to do this and he got pissed off. And then she I think that's why she had to go. Hmm. So it was very toxic. And at the end of the night, I would come home with like three hundred dollars. Shoot. And he would be like, give it to her. And he and she would put it in a safe in their room. She took everything at the end. So it was kind of like, huh? Whatever. Oh, but wow. whatever. Like, okay, so let me understand this. You were you living with them at this time? I was living with them for like two weeks. I see. And then what happened after that? Like you moved out or the girl moved out? The girl she took everything. She moved out. Like she left. Um, she was like not giving this girl way too much more attention and she like i in like i have empathy i would have felt for her i clearly do not i don't know what she was thinking but like i would have felt for her you have this grand new victim in your house and you see she's getting like he's actually liking me mm-hmm. and and i'm fresh meat he could do whatever he wants and you're you've been here for how long it's not the same treatment although you're getting all the money you're not getting the attention that you'd like and it's not moving she probably wanted to settle down right and he was like no way i'm settling down right now i'm 26 and i'm at my prime mm-hmm. i have everything to catch all these girls and you want to settle down that doesn't make no sense you know what this was wow so she made sure that she taught me in a, in the type of way that in the end it would backfire on him wow it was just jealousy. But that's my saving grace. Her jealousy, I turned it into my saving grace because if I ever want to expose them when I have the necessities, when I have the the like everything in order, when I'm someone of importance that people will listen to me, mm-hmm. then I have, she has a police report with my name on it. How are you going to tell them? How do you know me? You don't know. I never met you anywhere. I met you through him. So that means you were trafficking me as well. You were pimping me out as well. How are you going to explain that? You have everything on a police report. You know, like that's what they do. They get you get stuck in a cycle where you feel like you can't leave. And then you just it's a mental it's a mental prison. And you think that all you have is them. So, okay, now where were your parents or your family at this time? My parents were home and two hours away in Niagara Falls. Oh, they didn't know. That's what was right. Going. Oh my God, this is so scary. So, okay, so your pimp or the girl. Okay, so what happened after the girl left? So, so when the girl left, it's she, we went to Windsor. She took the car, she wanted her car back. Because it was legally hers. It was in her name. He didn't have any credit. Those people, they only deal with cash, right? So they don't have credit. Mm-hmm. Like that. They don't, they, that's not the lifestyle they live in. They don't live in the actual normal society. So wait, do they so not have you, like credit cards or anything? Like, for example, if they were to buy a car, they would just pay the whole thing cash? They would either find someone that's a lowball and will take cash and, you know, keep it hush mm-hmm. hush and buy their car. And every paper, all the paperwork will be literally like just made up or fabricated. So it's fraud. Or they'll just have a girl, like for instance, they'll get a new girl who has the credit and put it under her name. 
that's what really that's most likely what it is like drug dealers go get a girlfriend who has amazing credit strippers have amazing credit they need that amazing credit if anything goes down if they need anything for their man for their pimp they have to have great credit you can't live in this world without credit that's so true and my pimp would always say to me like how important your credit is and he would be like do you have good credit and i'm like i'm 19 i haven't even established my credit and he he couldn't get a condo with me he couldn't buy me a condo i couldn't do any of that that she was already doing she had pristine credit she talked about that so he he put the car he put everything in her name and at the end of it you can't go to the police they can't go to the police he's not going to be like i'm a pimp and i had all this money that i made from how many girls in my lifestyle and she took my girl took my money that's a no way there's no way because then they're gonna start an investigation they're gonna uncover everything so what was going through your mind when 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 you saw all of this like with with her with him them talking about credit like did you not see this was like a red flag did you not like what was going through your mind no, they didn't talk about this. It was like you learn as you go. Oh, I see. It was like it's like riding a bike. You first you wobble and then you you start learning and you get the hang of it. And if there's a speed bump, you just oh, you go past the speed bump, and then you like like I said, like I was suffering a lot, but I was surviving it. I was like I'm strong. I can deal with this because I never I didn't know any better. I didn't know that that's not normal for you to start dating a guy who tells you you have to work at a strip club and there's multiple people that are influenced in your relationship that are dangerous. Like, the red flags were there, but I just didn't... I was like, nah, like, no. There's no way. I just didn't think that it would hurt me. I didn't think at the end, like... I thought I was going to marry him. I was like, I'm going to marry him, so clearly I have to withstand everything that I have to in order to be with him at the end. Be with him. He was, he was always telling me the one who is most loyal to him at the end is the one who's going to get rewarded with everything. Are you serious? That is such a manipulative thing to say. Definitely. So, of course, I'm thinking, well, for me, it was, I'm the only one here, so my only competition is me. But for wow. him, it was completely different. He already, once he knew I wasn't going to make the cut, once he knew that there were other people in the race that were leading past me, he was like, yeah, I already know who I'm going to, like, move on with. It's just this girl's going to be, uh, I'm just going to, like, scam this girl to make money for me. So basically, you work... Okay, so basically they get you to work at different strip clubs and they tell you, like, even if they tell you to have oral sex with them, you have to do it, but then they say that you don't. And then they... No, you have... Your pimp... I'm sorry? You have to, like... It wasn't just strip clubs. He took me to hotels, too, but I just didn't want to work at hotels because I was just like, this is not it. I have no control because he was the one that had the phone and he was the one that was texting people and i was just getting surprised knock on the door come in oh wow and i was like i don't want to do that so i was like let me just work at the clubs because it's a lot more you don't have someone like you have control and then how did how was his treatment with you during this entire time like when when you were working at the club for example right um what was like what was he 
like I don't know like I understand what you mean like he was just like he was just like a regular boyfriend but without the affection like he was just there he was just honestly a companion someone that was just there just think about it as like a an angel but a fucking devil not really an angel that's just sucking the life out of you that tells you what to do everything there was no me without him but i was so in love with him i was doing everything for him like a girlfriend so he would take me on like hikes for example or not hikes but like just walking the trail and he told me he was like if i ever needed to dispose of a body i know exactly how to get rid of it and he would take me to this like place where it's just water. I still have pictures to this day because I took pictures of it. I was like, if I go missing, this is probably where I'm going to be. He would tell me, I know how to kill you. Plus, his brother already shot at his friend's house. So I knew that if anything would happen, yeah, they would cover my body up and I would never be found again. He would tell me all the time, don't talk to other men in a certain type of way, like other pimps in a certain type of way, because... They can literally watch you leave the club, snatch you up, and you will never be found again. Casually, wow. like so casually, like like he was saying some, the he was giving me directions, so it was very scary. And also, kind of like, oh, if you do this, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. He would tell me all the time, like, I have girls inside the club, who at any moment when I tell them, they can beat the living shit out of someone to the point where you are on the verge of life like you're not reckon- you're not going to be recognizable and then he would just sweep it off and be like hey let's go like he would just be in the car and tell me that and be like hey let's go to wherever we're going like a little restaurant or whatever and wow. always conversations about work it was nothing else he told me he was telling me how he had a house being built so the first time he ever like, whenever he showed affection to me, it was fake. It was a lie. So he told me, like, he had a house being built. He pulled up to this house under construction. And he told me, this is our house being built. So I thought, oh, my gosh, this is where the money's going. It's because he wants to build a life with me. And then he pulled out of the driveway and was, like, laughing. He was like, I'm just joking. That's not the house that's being built. But I do have a house being built. This is just not it. And I was, like, heartbroken, but at the same time, like, oh, okay, like, you don't know. You just go along with it. You're like, oh, okay, like, I don't know nothing about houses and mortgages and finances. I just hear whatever my so-and-so boyfriend tells me, saying that he has a house getting ready for us. So who's moving in? Obviously, it's going to be me. No, who else? You don't think about that. Wow. He told me he would bring me to multiple houses and be like, this is why I want my house being built. like, and he'd be like, we have to do this and we have to pay for the house and stuff. I'm like, but you don't show me no paperwork that my name is on the house. I don't know where the house is. I've never been to the house. I don't know if there is a house. Wow. Anything to get money. Like, how are you going to feel when you have someone that you care about, you think cares about you, saying, we have to build for our future, constantly nagging at you that they need money from you? Like, that's heartbreaking. So how come you never asked him, like, well, you're the man, you should work or something like that, you know? I told him that. I say, this doesn't make any type of sense. Who's in a relationship and has to pay their boyfriend? I would keep saying to him, this doesn't make sense. I wanted an answer from him. 
I didn't make up my own answer. I wanted a definite answer from him. And that just prolonged me staying with him because I was just like, why, why, why? They don't tell you why. You just figure it out. They don't tell you why. So I was just like, why do you need me to give you money if you have money? I'm like, what do you, I wouldn't even ask him what he did. He just came and showed me what he did. He showed me that he was a drug dealer because he sent me a, he sent me a picture of him holding probably like $50,000. So I'm like, okay, he has money. The whole time, you know, he's got money because you're not going to not have money and wear all these expensive clothes all the time. Hmm. Wow. So now, how did you get out of this? Like, what what changed your, or like, what happened? I realized that he never loved me, and I was just like, so the first thing was the uncle, he like, he was like, hey, this isn't going how I thought it was going, gonna go. <laughs> like, I had very high hopes in you, and you did not, you did not come through with any of the plans that I thought you would. Like, I didn't give him a he wanted me to give, like, I was supposed to give him $60,000 because this man told me, you owe me $60,000. I'm like, what do you mean I owe you $60,000? That doesn't make no type of sense. Like, who are you? And then it started slowly making sense. So he was just like to me, you have to bring other girls to my house and tell them it's a party. And I don't do drugs. I don't do stuff like that. So I'm like, first of all, I don't even party. So that's a no-no. But looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I understand. So I got out without even realizing that I got out. They let me out. It wasn't you get out because these people stole my identification. He, My pimp got someone to steal my wallet. So I could have very much been killed. And, you know, it would have been hard to find me. But literally he just told me you owe me sixty thousand dollars and he was just telling me things like i can shoot you on my property and no one would find you i can throw you down the stairs and things like that very violent things that he wasn't saying before it's like what happened to the person that i knew when i was 17 18 like this is someone different you're crazy you're violent and then he raped me and my my pimp was texting me the whole time he's like if you need help, I'm going to come in through the door. I'm going to come shoot this place up. I'm like, what? Like, that was never, ever expressed on his side. So when he was saying that to me, I just, I, blo- I blocked everything and I went through it. I was like, whatever. I was like, whatever. doesn't matter because my man's going to be happy at the end of the day. It's just going to be a whole, it's going to be another day. Speaking to one of my friends at the time, she told me, she was like, you were so strong. You lived through it like it was just another day. And that's how it was for me. It was just another day. Until I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is wrong. Completely wrong. There were people that would follow me to the library, watching me, watching my computer screens. I don't know how they knew what I was doing, but they were watching my every move. When I went to the gas station to get gas, he would tell me, my pimp would tell me, you just went to the gas station today. I'm like, how do you know that? Not even. Wow. How do you know what my computer screen says in the library? Like certain stuff like that. It makes you scared. Like I went through a bad, bad depression phase. That's how I got out. Cause I think they're just like, we, she d- just leave her, whatever. I want you are so incredibly strong like oh my goodness thank you oh my goodness I am so proud of you like wow because I know if there were other people they would have been depressed maybe they would have even committed suicide they could have done so many things but 
not you. I tried. No, I tried to commit suicide. I just wasn't successful. And instead wow. of being depressed, I was like, you know what? God's giving me a second chance. Or like the most high, whoever is out there is giving me the a second chance. And clearly I'm here. Like as much as it hurts, because it hurt really bad living. It hurts wow. so bad trying to live every single day after that point. But I was wow. like, you know what? If I can help one girl, then it's fine. Like, if I can help one girl not go through what I went through, then it's fine. Because at the end of it, what hurt the most is me talking. I was talking to my pimp, and he was like, he was telling me it's all my fault. He was like, if you just acted, like, correct, if you just moved correctly, I would have taken you more serious. I'm like, what are you talking about? You made me change my whole life, do a 180 for you, and that still wasn't good enough. And then you set me up to get raped multiple times. Like, who does that? That's a different type of evil. Wow. And they just laugh about it. And then they just don't care. Wow. But when I came out with my story, because I was so scared for so long. I was Mm -hmm. scared. I was like, they're going to come kill me, like, anytime. Like, I did not want to go out. I did not want to talk to people. I didn't want to speak about it at all. Until I was like, I'm not going to live the rest of my life like this because I have plans. But that's how I also started doing bigger things with my life I was like hey if I'm gonna die at this moment what do I want to leave behind for someone to who I'm gonna help that they can pick up right where I left off so that's how I came up with brilliant ideas and I transformed my life my soul you have to transform form your soul before wow that is so true wow You know, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, we're going to take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how all of these things are used to glamorize and lure younger girls in. Because that is actually how I came across your videos, because I saw your what you were talking about these things. I was like, oh, my goodness. She knows what's up. Like, she's lived through this, you know, Mm. and. When we get back, we are going to talk about how these things take place as well. So don't get anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Last time where we left off, we talked about how TikTok and social media is used to lure people or lure younger girls. And I remember in one of your videos, you talked about like how they show this glamorous lifestyle and you were like that person that's showing you all of this is probably a pimp herself I was so mind blown so would you like to give your opinion about everything that is on TikTok about baby and yes with my perspective TikTok can be used in two ways in that type of lifestyle you can either help people find their loved ones and you know give them information on what to look out for like how i'm doing or you can use it as a cycle visibly visibly audibly stimulating these so tiktok stimulates these girls visibly audibly Mm -hmm. with this lifestyle proclaiming that they're going to one, get a lot of money, and two, blindside these men 
into doing whatever they want, buying them whatever they want, and they don't have to put out. That's what TikTok tells you. Mm -hmm. TikTok tells you that you don't have to do, you don't have to give any sugar. But that's not the case. If you're going to be a sugar baby, you have to give some sugar, one point or the other. And influencers who promote this lifestyle is because they're smart. They know how to use their platform to make money, to generate money for themselves. Whether they have an OnlyFans, whether they have different like links that you could send them money or buy them gifts. Like I don't see anyone on TikTok with the algorithm who is like promoting this lifestyle who doesn't have a huge following or a huge viewer count like this lifestyle goes hand in hand with tiktok's algorithm i don't know why i don't understand why it is but there's so many young teenagers on tiktok and you're naive at that age you shouldn't be able to go through an app that's unfiltered and one minute you're seeing the latest dance trend and the next minute you have a girl telling you that you can sell your dirty underwear for men that they're going to pay big money. Like what? You like, know what? Let me tell you something. Yeah. I actually have something to say about that dirt, dirty underwear trend. Um, so online, so many times I come across these videos of girls that are like, yeah, just wear underwear for like four days and then someone and the person's going to like, give you thousands of dollars mm-hmm. uh, be very honest if i was to order underwear used underwear online it would be only and only for like bad purposes i mean i'm gonna take that i'm probably gonna put like my like negative energy on it like i don't know there's so many bad things you can do that involves like voodoo and dna testing i mean so much stuff and it's really not worth the 50 dollars that they're gonna sell you you know what i mean exactly it's insane and it's another toxic part about all of this is how they make it seem like this is women empowerment this is absolute disempowerment like Um, i in i started my platform honestly to like talk about my book and like make inventions and stuff like cute little things that I came up with but once I started talking about my book and like like um anything that has to do with self-dignity and sexual acts like it blew up and I was like people need to hear this and I was like wow I never felt more of a purpose for writing a book and for talking about one of my biggest darkest secrets wow so it tell us about your book my book is just an autobiography on my experience just shedding light on niagara falls predominantly on the sex industry that happens here that no one talks about and no one even knows exists and how easy it is for you to be wrapped up into that lifestyle and how you can get out but you need to know the rules to follow like i have um in my first chapter apple i have a first 10 commandments on the club there's certain Mm -hmm. that will happen in the club for example any club that lets you drink on the job you should not be working at because that just lowers your inhibition to leave the darkness they want you to continue living in that lifestyle so my book is just kind of like the book um pimp by iceberg slim 
I just read what he had to say and I was like, you know what, let me contradict him. So if a guy, if that, if pimp is the rule book for pimps to start off as being in that lifestyle, then I should write a book for girls to read and have them not want to be a part of that lifestyle. I put my biggest, darkest secrets in there. So then whoever is reading it knows that's the last thing I would want to do is be sucked into that type of lifestyle willingly and if it happens, if a guy just comes to me and tells me, oh, I love you, but you have to dance to make big money so we can live our life. Wow. No, do that. You can do so many things. I call it Apple's dreams because not only do we have a forbidden fruit that we should keep sacred, not even just forbidden fruit, ourselves, our, our temple, our bodies that we should keep sacred and what we do with it, the energies that we're around. But also I have dreams. If I if I think that I've been through the one of the worst things in life and I want to become the president of the United States, that should scream to any girl out there that it doesn't matter what happened to you, where you come from, you could do whatever you want if you put your mind to it. That's wow. the big message. That is so amazing. And where can we purchase your book? It'll be on Amazon chapters any online bookstore i haven't got my copy yet my copy is en route i just ordered mine so as soon as i get my first copy it's been a long journey oh my goodness mm-hmm. i'll post about it on tiktok and you can buy it yeah. you can buy it now actually but i just want to get my copy first to make sure all the pages and everything mm-hmm. are like as a first time author wow but Anywhere that you can find a book, anywhere that they sell books, it's like 39,000 different online bookstores. Wow, that is amazing. That is so amazing. I wish you all the luck and success with your book. And I hope it inspires millions of girls, you know. And wow, I am so proud of you. I am so, so, so proud of you. Like everything that you've been through, like goodness and then to create something out of that and then to keep striving because I know that I I, as someone who has dealt with depression in the past I know how painful it can be to live and you mentioned that earlier um so what do you do now like are you do you go to therapy are you seeing a psychologist are you meditating like taking care of yourself like how how does someone like get themselves out of that dark place because you could leave the darkness you could leave that dark place but the darkness is going to still be within you you know because you've been in the darkness and you can't come to the light right away because it's good the light's gonna burn you because you've been through dark exactly that's like literally the perfect analogy with me that's the thing a lot of things with like mental illness is they want to prescribe you a drug to make you feel better because it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Your brain is what's making you think that this is the reality and the darkness is literally all that you have and it's all that you're going to be involved with. But that's not true. You make your own reality. Your future starts today. So I just started thinking, what do I want? If I'm going to live through this, what do I want my one-year plan to be, my three-year plan, and my five-year plan? Because I don't want to live through this darkness my whole life and have it consume me. Just like how you said, the darkness stays with you. There's a piece of it that's always with you. But it shouldn't consume you every single day. You shouldn't open your door and you see it's raining all the time. You should open the door. Although it's cloudy, the sun is still shining bright, and I can help someone else. Because we all have something that we 
we never thought that we'd live through. We all hit rock bottom. But Very when you true. hit rock the only way that the only way to go is up when you hit rock bottom. So I started just organizing different charities. I realized how important I was. I got my self-love back. I started praying more. I started being more aware of people's intentions, my intentions. I started understanding what do I want to leave behind in this world? And there's no way I'm going to let this be my story. I even thought about different things for people who are suicidal. Like with my book, that's just the first step. Because everything you have to be able to, you have to be able to produce certain things to a community, but have the financial aspect to do so as well. So I really wanted to start a clothing line who feel suicidal to just see the message. Because sometimes all you need is just one sign. Like, Lord, I don't know how many times I'd wake up and be like, Lord, give me a sign today that I should just live and like live. It's going to be good. Everything's going to be so imagine if someone's wearing one of my hoodies. They don't need to know it's from me, but one of my hoodies wow. that says stay alive. And it's just like, wow. Wow. So push through it. Wow. Because, you know, I'll be honest. I think, God, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, again, I know I've said this a few times, but I'm so proud of you. And. You're so young, you're only 22. And you speak with like with so much wisdom, like an old soul, you know. And I feel like God definitely a lot, whoever you test you on. And he promises that he will test you. Like, I'm Muslim, we believe that that God is going to test you. Sometimes he tests you by giving you money. Sometimes he tests you by taking it away, you know, but a test is promised. And truly how we deal with that lesson and how we live our life afterwards is is such a declaration to the universe that yes, I am here, I am alive, and no, I will not let life win. Because one thing about life is guaranteed that it's hard. And it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or you live in the slums of India, it's hard. Mm, Exactly. And going off what you said, you're exactly right. Because with another thing that I thought about is... And what I wrote in my book is our life is already predetermined. From the moment we took our first breath, we already knew what our life was going to be like. We chose it. God knew that we would be able to live through it. That's why the official soldiers get the hardest battles. Mm -hmm. If you have something going on in your life that you feel like, I cannot live through this. You can. Someone else couldn't live through it, but you definitely can. That's why you're going through it, because it's a bigger lesson to what you're going through now. And I did tell my family I had no choice. I had to tell my family what was going on with me, because with mental illness, you can't hide yeah. it, especially mm-hmm. your parents people are going to come hurt you, and you you want to escape from your family because you don't want them to get hurt. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, my was telling me you have a husband somewhere. You have children that are going to be born. You don't need to be so hung up on this. And that's another thing with suicide. Like, there's always the, there's always the next page. The chapter can end, but there's always the next page. You don't... 
end your book just because something horrible, unimaginable happened to you. Because mm-hmm. then you'd be here. What if the next day was your breakthrough, but you decided to hurt yourself? Wow. Wow. Goodness. And so what are your plans for the future? I feel like you've lived like multiple lifetimes in such a short time, you know, and where, like, what do you want to do like now in the future? I know you mentioned being president of the United States, which I'm telling you, girl, you already have my vote. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to know who I'm going to vote for. Um, (laughs) But what do you, like, you said you have goals and dreams and, you know, you want to create something in your life. And which you already are, to be honest with you, you know, very inspiring person. Um, where do you see yourself, like, in the future? Like, what is your biggest dream, essentially? Let's say that. Because, you know, I, one thing that I have realized, and, and, and the reason I ask is because when we go through such a dark time, we forget to dream. We forget to have wishes and, and, and like, wow, we can actually get something in, our, in this lifetime, you know? And I know my listeners, like, not everybody probably went through this experience, but everyone has experienced a heartbreak. And this is what you're going through, Kimmy, you know? It's, it's a heartbreak. And it's so hard to have hope in that in that darkness, you know, like, you feel like nothing is going to change, you feel like you're not even worthy of having dreams. That's how I felt, at least when I was depressed, you know. Um, so how, like, how do you, what do you feel about that? I am so big on love. Like, my biggest dream is to be a mother, Aww. to have her and protect her from everything the world has to offer. And, like, for example, I get married. I'm going to keep my last name. I'm gonna, my daughter's probably going to have my last name. I'm all about women empowerment. Mm-hmm. But I really want my name to be in history books. I really want a message to go out. Nowadays, you don't really get a lot of great people that, like, have something positive to say. It's all about who can look good mm-hmm. to the media. Very true. I definitely. I definitely want to make my book turn into a movie so then it could be so then what I went through people can really see it through their eyes and really be like wow you know and see this so I definitely want to star in a movie so then I can leave my past behind 100% I think if like started a movie and or wrote my own movie and had it hit the big screens and just retire so I can do a bunch of charity work like I really want to travel the world and like go to different places and help people that don't have any access to any necessities mm-hmm. that's my big my biggest plan is to like save Haiti oh that is so beautiful that is so beautiful have and you have like a- have you been to Haiti were you born there I was born in Miami Florida mm-hmm. but I spent my first four years of life in Haiti and I went when I was 15 and just the way that they were living it just really impacted me because I would do a lot of speeches mm-hmm. in high like I was a legend in high school I always did speeches every year for my it was called a pilgrimage that like the school went for a walk and raised money and sold apple pies like the three years that I did my speeches was the most apple pie sales oh, wow. which also book apple mm-hmm. so it relates to that it was just one big speech 
but yeah that's literally i don't see myself doing anything small i really want to go like i really want to do a lot i want to be a billionaire so you have to work really hard to be a billionaire and i want to give away all my money mm-hmm. like i want to be that influential and i don't want to have to be in the media and i just want people to be like wow i know who she is and maybe one day i can work with her wow to get come true Wow. That's amazing. Um, Gosh, I don't even know what to say. Like, that's so beautiful. Even when you said, like, I believe in love, you know? Like, my goodness. I have to concentrate things to find the man of my dreams. Yes. That's right. Absolutely, girl. And I know you will. My goodness. Like, you're such an amazing person. I know there's a man out there. And he has to be very special. Just as special as you are, you know? Because after what happened to me, I, like, don't believe. Mm -hmm. I, in my true love. Like, I'm just like, uh, maybe not in this lifetime. I can't. You got to be someone crazy ambitious like i am mm-hmm. wow to me i feel this is continue what were you saying oh i was just gonna say that again like this is i mean i totally agree with you too about love i think love is so essential to live and not just love from a partner but even like there's different kinds of love there's a love that you receive from your friends and only your friends can give you that there's a love that you get from your partner from your parents from from god even and then there's a love you can only give yourself you know and it's so much easier said than done because even with self-love it's about what is self-love it's actually self-parenting just like you wouldn't let anyone disrespect your daughter it's the same way you wouldn't let anybody disrespect you but sometimes it's easier to stand up for someone else than it is for us you know and I feel like that's the part that's like difficult to learn but wow (laughs) just something I wanted to add you know because you talked about love um like you said like you can have so many in my case I get so nervous going on TikTok and like seeing that number every time like people's opinions can really matter to you but if you have self-love and you know your truth it really doesn't matter what anyone has to say you're gonna be like yeah god take it up with god Mm -hmm. take whoever you want to talk to because I don't have time today if if I can help you one way I will help you if other than that I don't have no time for it because you protect your energy Mm -hmm. and see that's another thing people don't understand is that how important it is to protect your energy not just from even other people but just like you could post something online and someone feels a certain type of way about it you know and they're gonna send you a certain energy because everything is exactly that you know exactly wow that's the thing like you can have people's energies clash into yours like i believe in soul ties i believe in twin flames like that but there comes a point where if you feel especially as women we have like a gut feeling if something's making you uncomfortable just cut that person off there's seven billion people in the world honestly and you're the first person that that matters to you mm-hmm. to anyone else, but you're the only person that has you 
you're the only person that has your back. So if someone comes in your territory where the grass is greener, mm-hmm. trying your grass, you should tell them, uh-uh, not over here. Go back where you came from. And stay there. <laughs> stay there. Grass is always greener on your side where you water it. And media, don't let the media fool you because so many people are fake on the media. Like, that was another thing that was hard for me. Like, telling my story and then being back, like, hearing from my one close friend. I don't talk to people from high school or from my city. I, I like, really keep myself mm-hmm. close because I just don't really trust anyone. But then hearing people are like, is she lying? Is she lying? Mm-hmm. And I think they, they say that because how well composed you are you know oh nice Mm -hmm. thank you yeah and so that's why i make a movie because i'm like yo it's just so crazy like Mm -hmm. there's people that have been through worse than me there's girls that have been killed wow and that's another thing in that lifestyle that i mentioned on tiktok you don't know how easy it is to come across a killer in that lifestyle like, a lot of serial killers and rapists are in that lifestyle. Yeah, because it's a lower, and, darker lifestyle. Exactly. And who's going to listen Magical to you? You can't this, go to the... Glamour magic. That's what it is. That's what this entire life is. It's glamorous. It's so fun, fast life, alcohol, drugs, sex. But when you get into it, it's so dark. And... Yeah. I don't think people understand that. You Mm -hmm. have to feel it to understand. Wow. You have to feel it until you you come out of it and you literally cannot go out in society because you think everyone knows. Like you just feel you just feel that darkness on you. Wow. And to be very honest with you, like when you do live that like that dark lifestyle, technically you're really not in part of society anymore. You know? You're not, yeah, yeah. It's like you're you are not that's literally what drove me to want to hurt myself because I was like can I ever come back to this real world life like and that's what I chose to just do it in a different way just reinvent myself because when you get in that lifestyle you're making and you can make like $500 a night on like Mm -hmm. a good day you're not go back to a nine to five you're gonna go you're gonna want to go hustle you're not going to want to work at no Ardeen's or little retail mm-hmm. job. No, where you are, you could think, I'm here working for 14, mm-hmm. in Canada, it's 14 per hour, but you could be making $1,000 tonight. Wow. It's, your, it's your pride. You have to let that go. There's so many other ways to mm-hmm. make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it kind of yeah. goes back to it. Like, if it's easy, it's not worth it, you know? And and it's it's completely applicable in this context as well because this is fast easy money, and the faster you make it, the faster you lose it. You know that's another thing I've heard as well. Because you gotta you gotta forge everything to make it seem like you're in a part of regular society. You can't go buy a house just like that. You have all cash. You don't have a source of income. Smart girls that have sugar daddies. They don't even know this, but your sugar daddy, because they don't want to get in trouble, they will pay you as an employee. So that should already tell you that you're not in a relationship that's like actually beneficial. Because then how are you going to do your taxes? You're lying. 
it's all fraud. You have to pretend like you're a part of regular society. I know I wasn't in it for that long to get that like deep in it, but there are girls that told me, girl, I have to get someone to forge my papers to make it look like I'm working a real actual job. Doesn't make any sense. Especially in Canada, it's totally different than the States. Like in the States, you can make money and go to the bank Mm -hmm. and drop it off. But you can't do that in Canada. You can't just make like $600 and just go deposit it in your bank account. People are going to want to know where is that money coming from. Especially your revenue Canada. Oh my gosh, no. You can't be doing that. See, I didn't even think of that, but that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. You have to hide it. If you have to hide it, it's Mm -hmm. not worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. My goodness. Well, it was amazing speaking to you, Kimberly. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and wisdom. I wish you all the best for your book. And you are such an amazing and inspirational woman. I know there's women, men too, but I know there's women, especially out there, that are going to listen to your story and it's going to inspire them. Either they won't go towards this lifestyle or they will come out of it or maybe just someone finds hope, you know. Mm-hmm. help someone that's going yeah because it. we all are going through something at any given moment in our lives you know it's just a fact a matter of how we choose to take it forward and how we deal with these things as well you know um yeah. would you like to tell people your um links if anybody wants to follow you on tiktok or instagram any of your social medias oh yes definitely my instagram is kimberly Anisette. K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-A-N-I-C-E-T-T-E. And my TikTok, which is most popping, is Apple's Dreams, the name of my book. A-P-P-L-E-S-D-R-E-A-M. Wonderful. And you said that your book can be purchased on Amazon? Amazon, anywhere. Any bookstore, just ask for Apple's Dreams. In, I would say mostly in like April would be definite because I still have to I see, launch it. I see. Well, hopefully we can have you come again on the show when your book is about to be launched. So, but it could be order for like, uh, it can be pre-ordered right now. Am I right? Definitely. Wonderful. Well, I inshallah, inshallah, Thank I you. pray that you find your twin flame and you have an amazing house on the mansion. <laughs> you have cute little babies and that your name goes down in history as someone who changed the world inshallah thank you so much absolutely great having me have a wonderful day thank you so much you're so kind and i love you thank you for letting me be a part of your podcast this is something new Mm -hmm. for me as well so you're a very big big person in my life right now (laughs) thank you of course of course you know what i i truly believe that when your intention is good and you put something out in the world people that need it people that are meant to see it will see it because i'm just a random girl that lives in bakersfield california and you live all the way in canada girl so we don't even live in the same country right but we were meant to meet because i was i had the platform and you had the, the the story and there were people that had to hear it you know so this is literally us witnessing divine intervention and God and universe working through us, you know. 
I'm so happy we're both here to experience this and to many more experiences. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day.